You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn, anywhere you can get podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can email us with any basketball questions or advertising inquiries, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls. Make sure you check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Whatever your NBA team is, whatever your NFL team is, uh, they are covered. Make sure you check out Locked On Bears with Arthur Arkush. Uh, they play tonight, Monday night. Uh, and I'm Sean Hyken. With me, as always, Cody Westerland. Uh, Cody, we got one week to go until camp. We got one week to Almost go. Almost there. We got an assignment from our intrepid boss, the David Podfather. Block. The Podfather, I like that. That's uh, that, that's Bill Simmons' name, but but, but we're gonna we're gonna appropriate it for David Locke. Very much so, but he wants us to preview position wise this week, uh, the respective teams. On the so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go Monday today. We're gonna talk about point guards tomorrow. And the thing is, like he wants us to do the do them four days, but the positions are so interchangeable. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go throw some wings together. Yeah, we're gonna balls. have point guards because like the, the wings are so interchangeable. So we're gonna do point guards today. Wings tomorrow, that's shooting guards and small forwards, and then bigs on Wednesday, and that's power forwards and centers. And then on Thursday, we're going to have more of a general uh, training camp training camp because obviously media day is Monday, so we're going to talk about kind of what to look for at training camp, what storylines to watch. So if nothing else, we're all about, you know, off-season ranking system. So in our, uh, what, hours and hours and hours of point guard research, we've oh, yeah. come up with the Chicago Bulls. Rajon Rondo running the show on a two-year contract was the big news for the Bulls in the offseason at the point guard position, obviously, after the exit of Derrick Rose to the Knicks via trade. But we're all into this 24th best point guard situation in the NBA. It's not good. It's what we've come up with for the Bulls. Uh, Sorry to dampen your spirits so quickly, but we want to remind you that there's a lot of really good point guards in the NBA. I think that's part of the reason... It's never been deeper as a position than it is right now. It's which why, is, again, why I'm shocked that the Bulls were able to get as much as they did back for Derrick Rose, considering how low he is on the hierarchy right now. That's true, but point guards are making the NBA a lot of fun to watch. And Rondo has the ability to make basketball really fun to watch, too, because of his court vision and brilliance at passing... Obviously led the NBA in assists last year for the Kings with 11.7 per game, I believe. And as I just said, a great passer, but uh, hasn't brought too much on the defensive end no. in recent years. Really not since the ACL in 2014, or in 13, 13, rather. And then had uh, some falling out with Mavericks coach Rick Carlisle late the following season after that. Went to Sacramento to kind of get his act together for a year and get his value up. And that's when the Bulls signed him to a two-year, about $28 million, $30 million contract this offseason. So Rondo will get a lot of minutes for the Bulls. I'm thinking 32, 34 game at least probably. You would think so. In that range. Um, because he is healthy now, he says. You know, we've only got a chance to talk to him, I think, really once yeah. this offseason when he got introduced after being signed. But there is some volatility there uh, for the Bulls because he hasn't been the most efficient basketball player no. um, offensively. Uh, again, that's the catch-22. The game for the Bulls here is how can you have the ball in Rondo's hands as much as possible, making good decisions with the basketball, but not limit yourself offensively with him needing to finish 
uh, plays a lot shooting because he has struggled uh, in recent years on that. But, Sean, I mean, just what's your general take um, on this entering the year for the Bulls as we uh, come up with comprehensive, cumulative 24th best point guard situation rankings in the NBA for yeah, the and, Bulls point and, guard? And for those of you who are wondering what we did, we really just went through all 30 teams <laughs> and just, like, thought about like, who their point guards are and which, you know which situations are worse. So which are the which are the six teams that we decide are worse than the Bulls? Uh the Sacramento Kings, which where Rondo left because Darren Collison I believe is a little banged up. And, and Darren Collison by the way also I believe reached a plea agreement in his d- domestic violence case. Yes. So he may get suspended and that means their yeah. starting point guard might be Ty Lawson who, who had his own personal has plenty off of issues the of his court own. problems obviously with alcohol in years past. Uh we got Orlando. We're ranking behind the Bulls because Scott Skiles basically just left the job because he didn't see eye to eye with management over the point guard position with Alfred Payton. Is that the correct way to recap the uh, Orlando Magic's offseason? Yeah, and they also traded Victor Oladipo, and now their two backup point guards are <laughs> a pair of Bulls legends, CJ Watson and DJ Augustine. We use the word legends liberally at times on this podcast, obviously. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, Darren Williams, J.J. Barea, Devin Harris, we're not high on the Mavericks' backcourt. Well, if any of those guys can stay healthy, those guys are all solid, but, you know, we're not... <laughs> They're kind of old, though. That's, they are. That's, 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 the, that's the thing. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, we've come to the conclusion the Bulls are better off than them because Sergio Rodriguez, who played last year in Spain, is now their point guard, and I googled him to see how old he was. And the first thing that came up was like a, a doctor. local doctor here in Chicago. So his uh, name recognition and brand isn't so much out there no, that we feel good about that one. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. His beard has gotten a lot better since uh, his last stint in the NBA. That's so very we true. Nico, that. Nico-like beard almost. Yeah. You know there? Um, yeah. Some of the best beards in the NBA. The Bulls got that going. Shout out to Spain. Nico Miritich. Uh the New Orleans Pelicans, well, a little the problematic. Pelicans, well, here's the thing with the Pelicans. I think Drew Holiday, I'd probably take over Rondo, but obviously we have that very scary situation with Drew Holiday's wife, Lauren, who was a women's national team soccer player who retired, and she was recently diagnosed with a brain tumor. And as he well should, he's taking, taking an undef- indefinite amount of time away from the team because she's also due with a baby next month, and so he needs to take care of his family, which... That's obviously the most important thing that he could do right now, and you know, props to the Pelicans for letting him do that and not making him choose that. But that also means that he's going to be away from the team for who knows how long, and the rest of their point guard situation is not great. Yeah, they have former Bull Etwan Moore in the mix, too, at combo guard down in New Orleans. But enough with the rest of the NBA. Back to Rondo and the Bulls, and we should point out, uh, Jaron Grant in the mix for backup point guard minutes for the Spencer Bulls. Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Spencer Dinwiddie's kind of the, the end of the roster guy looking to uh, snatch on and get a few minutes and prove himself in the NBA after being traded in the offseason from the Pistons. And then, of course, the Bulls signed Isaiah Cannon, who is a I like what you short point it. guard. I like what you called it. He's not a point guard. He's a three-point guard. He's a three-point guard. He's coming in to shoot three-pointers and handle the rock and just... Be a guy to fill up buckets, kind of like Aaron Brooks in recent years. They kind of have had a guy. Street. They've had a guy like that pretty much every year the last several years. They had uh, Nate Robinson a couple of years ago, and then it was DJ Augustine. And in the last couple of years, it's been Aaron Brooks. That's kind of the role Isaiah Cannon is going to play. He's going to. There are going to be nights where he just gets a DNP because they just the yeah. matchups don't call for him to play. But then there are going to be nights where he comes in, plays 15 minutes, and scores 20 points off the bench. Like that's just kind of what his role is going to be. Yeah, the Bulls aren't going to have the luxury of the DNP though on Rondo. They need a lot out of him, and I don't necessarily mean points scoring wise or anything, but he's a focal point of this team in the sense that 
he does come with a little bit of baggage in his history with coaches, hasn't got along with Doc Rivers, Rick Carlisle in previous stops, and his relationship with Fred Hoiberg's under the spotlight, under the uh, magnifying glass, and so far, so good. Uh, it is good that it's two bright minds, and we should point out that Rondo is really smart. We've referenced his Connect Four ability on here, I've and not just to, as a joke, but that shows no, how that's smart a, he is. No, as a I, I, I talked to uh, Tom Thibodeau about him at Summer League out in Las Vegas after this move happened, and Tom Thibodeau, obviously former Bulls coach, so I know him a little bit, but he was also an assistant coach in, in Boston title under Rondo. Doc Rivers when Rondo was kind of first coming on, and, and Tibbs told me that Rondo is one of the smartest players he's ever coached, and he's coached a lot of like, you know, Kevin Garnett, Joakim Noah, a lot of really smart players. He's coached and he said Rondo's one of the smartest players he's ever coached. Yeah, so how does that translate to the court for the Bulls? I want to point out a few stats on this as far as Rondo last year. Uh, we looked up these numbers on Synergy um, online. And Rondo, this is all speaking to offensive efficiency last year with the, the Sacramento Kings. Um, but when he was the man shooting the basketball uh -huh. uh, in these situations, he ranked 43rd percentile in the NBA last year among point guards in uh, pick-and-roll, ball handling, and finishing on offense. Is that among point guards, or is that among the whole NBA? Oh, I'm not... Well, no, it's well, among the whole NBA. Okay, among the whole NBA. Uh, thank you for that qualification there and pointing it out. Uh, he ranked 41st percentile in spot-up shooting, um, and that's something that he was better at last year as far as three-point range, uh, getting his kind of number back to league average. It's still a real concern for the Bulls entering the year. Um, just the track record of his entire history, he's a below-average, subpar three-point shooter. Uh, the problem with him last year was he didn't finish well in transition when he was the guy going to the hoop to try to finish. Really bad, third percentile in that. Uh, in isolation, basketball last year, Rondo was 38th percentile. I don't think that applies too much to the Bulls. They don't want Rondo in isolation they situations. They got Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. Um, but that pick and roll number is interesting to me. So 43rd percentile, about league average. Um, he'll be in a lot of pick and rolls this year, I would think. That's such a staple of... All NBA offenses this year. Obviously, Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade will too, but that's the question. How do the Bulls fit Rondo in with them? Do you have thoughts on that? What's the best approach in your mind, Sean? Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this more tomorrow when we talk about the wings, but uh, I kind of like the idea of Fred Hoiberg staggering Wade and Butler a little bit. I mean, obviously, they're both going to have to start because we don't want to have that drama, but, you know, once, once the first unit has kind of played their first shift... You know, you maybe take one out, leave the other in. Make sure you have one of Wade and Butler in at all times just so you have that one guard but that, so that they're not kind of in a lot at the same time and not, like, stepping on each other's possessions, I guess. Yeah, and then it's easier, too, because if you put a shooter, probably Doug McDermott, you look at a guy like that, but or also Miritich. even uh, Miritich there. I mean, even maybe Isaiah Cannon gets a few of those minutes in an off-ball shooter or something like that. You never know. Um, then you got more of the Rondo-Butler or Rondo-Wade two-man game uh, going on is decision making and then Rondo having the ball in his hands so much uh, is probably easier to swallow because you don't have two of your star players flanking the wings not doing a lot but I did think this was interesting pointing out I said 43rd percentile for Rondo in the pick and roll when he's the finisher right. in the NBA that number goes up for offensive efficiency numbers that jumps to 66th percentile in the NBA when you include his passing ability and the possessions in which he passes it, how they end. So that suggests that he makes good decisions passing uh, with the ball in the pick and roll. And really, that's the name of Rondo's game. And I said this on a recent podcast, but I think the Bulls are going to get 
different looks from Rajon Rondo that they wouldn't have had before. Like it might be a learning curve, a steep learning curve at times to see the game the way he does. But if the Bulls have smart basketball players, and I think Dwayne Wade's a very smart basketball player, uh, I think Jimmy Bas- Butler's a good basketball. Jimmy Basketball. Jimmy Basketball would be a terrific nickname. Instead of Jimmy Buck- Buckus, just Jimmy Basketball. Like, wait, how good do you have to be to just get the nickname Jimmy Basketball? Get Jordan Brand on that. That's too much, though, because that's kind of too close to Johnny Football in the NFL. And Nobody that wants that. Um, Nobody wants down, that. and they're both like Texas guys down there. That's so, not good. Um, we'll keep it at Jimmy Buckets for now, but uh, good uh, slip of the tongue there, Jimmy Basketball. We'll keep it in mind for the future. Uh, I do think though, uh, the Bulls are going to to have that learning curve playing with Rondo, and it's going to take some time. So I, I do think this: we we had the immediate assessment, twenty fourth best point guard situation in the NBA. It could I be think higher. The fit for the Bulls if they can intellectually get on the same page as Rondo. And this is why training camp's important, too. I know guys like like to sit out preseason games sometimes, maybe go lighter in training camp. I know it's a football thing. I'm no sure one we'll plays see Dwayne Wade doing that. Like, yes, the Bulls have to manage Dwayne Wade's minutes, and that's front of mind. But at the same time, you got to get those reps with Rondo because – Let's be clear. He's nothing like Derrick Rose as a basketball player. No, they're like polar nothing opposites. like Derrick Rose. And the Bulls, everyone on this team has been accustomed to playing with Derrick Rose the past few years. I mean, this is these are guys that played, revolved around Derrick Rose, the basketball player. You look at Doug McDermott. You look at Taj Gibson. You look at everything Nico knows with the Bulls. It revolved around Derrick, and then obviously Jimmy came on too. And I know you still got Jimmy there. That's some familiarity that's good for the Bulls, some continuity. And that's a guy that's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, too. Yes, but playing with Rondo is going to be a different animal. Do you think the Bulls are up to the challenge, or what does Fred Hoiberg like do to, I mean, kind of integrate that? You know what I mean? And these are questions that we're kind of just throwing out there, and we don't know yet. This is what we're going to ask at Media Day, because these are the biggest questions of the year, I think. But any advice on that front? I don't know how much Fred Hoiberg is going to do, and it's almost even by his own admission. You saw what uh, Rondo said at his introductory uh, press availability after they signed him, which was... uh, that Fred isn't a dominant personality and he's willing to let uh, the players just kind of decide what it's going to be. And then Fred kind of told us the same thing at Summer League is that he's going to let Rondo make a lot of the reads. So I think a lot of it's going to be up to Rondo and it's just a matter of if everyone else can get on the same page as him. Yeah, that's interesting to me that um, you're putting that much decision-making process in Rondo's hands. And, I mean, that's a lot of weight to carry, but that's probably at this point in his career... When he's, what, 30 now, I think. And, I mean, he's got a lot of basketball equity built up, for better and for worse, both. But, I mean, he has built that up as a veteran and a championship player. That's probably the only way to approach it. Like, if you were going to sign Rondo to not let him have freedom, that's not going to work well. You know, That's why it didn't work out in Dallas, because Rick Carlisle is the kind of coach that likes to really micromanage what his players do. And I'm not saying that as a a bad thing, because, obviously, Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He gets results, and he gotten a lot out of some Mavericks teams that weren't very talented, but when you have a coach like that that really likes to be the one to call all the plays and decide what's being run on the court, and then a point guard like Rondo, who at, in his best years under Doc Rivers was always kind of able to make those decisions for himself, that just wasn't a great fit, and I think 
you know, theoretically, the personality fit between him and Hoiberg, if Hoiberg just kind of steps back and lets Rondo do what he wants to do, within reason, obviously, he's going to have to be reined in at some point. But Yeah, and you know, Fred's not a micromanager either at heart, you know what no. I mean? Like, he's a guy whose whole system's predicated in his coaching career here on letting players make freewheeling decisions basically within a set of principles more or less which has often been spread the floor obviously at Iowa State that's what he wanted to do with the space and pace here and Chicago didn't work out as well as he wanted in year one but that is a guy that Rondo should have the ability to flourish under I don't know if he will and we've talked before on this podcast like a good start is important for the Bulls And then I guess this is kind of pointing out a season of contradictions for the Bulls because it feels like with this group, because there is some volatility there, some veterans, and how last year went, you want a good start, but at the same time you brought in a guy that's going to have a steep learning curve as far as playing around him. You brought in two more ball-dominant players to pair with Jimmy Butler, so there is that learning curve. So how they get started, who knows? It's important, but they might have made it more difficult for themselves at the same time. Uh, But So what about the backup point guards? Be fun. Uh, Jaron Grant is interesting to me. He uh, flashed at times for the Knicks. Summer League, he was bad for a few games, had a big championship game, I think, and I know you can't take too much away. The Bulls wouldn't have won that Summer League championship (laughs) trophy without him. That is a fact. That's absolutely a fact. Uh, I I do like his potential. I I guess I'm thinking minutes-wise here, you know. If you're playing Rondo 32 minutes a game... How many minutes are these backup guys getting? How much opportunity? Like To me, it feels like Grant and Cannon could be in kind of a timeshare role as far as matchup-based on any given night. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Or just kind of how would you break that all down? Yeah, if they want their backup point guard to be someone who's more just going to like run pick and rolls and run the offense, then I think Jerry and Grant is going to be the one getting those minutes. But if they just want someone to come in and get buckets, if the rest of the offense is, uh, is, is stagnated and they want someone to just come in there and... And just, you know, get things warmed up a little someone bit. Then. Sh- they need someone to shoot. Yes. Isaiah that would be Kanan. another way to put it. And that's what Isaiah Canaan. So now we got Jimmy Basketball and Isaiah Get Buckets Canaan. Well, no, that's Ricky Davis's nickname. I hope Zach Harper oh, doesn't re- listen to this. Oh, we're recycling that? I hope, oh. that, I hope Zach Harper doesn't listen to this podcast. He's going to be offended if we reuse that on anybody we, besides Ricky Davis. Probably will be. So we apologize in advance, Zach, uh, for that. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The Bulls always have those streaky point guard shooters off the bench no different this year i think they do like jaron grant though uh what second year pro now yeah this is his second year and they use a guy Um, they really liked in the draft he went a couple of spots ahead of them yeah back when they took bobby portis so i think he'll probably get the first opportunity at more of the backup minutes um, would you agree with that? I would say so. I think they have more invested in him. Spencer Dinwiddie, as much as they like him, enough to have waived him on that non-guaranteed deal and then brought him back and then yeah. you know gone to the trouble of bringing him back and having him play on the summer league team and signing him again. Like They like him enough to do that, but I think they have more invested in Jerry and Grant because he was one of the pieces that came back in the Derrick Rose trade. And you know, for whatever Derrick Rose is right now, the Derrick Rose trade was a big thing for the Bulls, and so they Absolutely. got him back in that trade and he was a first round pick and somebody that they liked a lot a year ago in the draft so I think he's gonna have the first crack at it that's that's an interesting point too um I'm looking forward to back to Rondo for a second I'm looking forward to like the first like 
three behind the back passes he does or between the legs passes that like hit someone right in the hands and are not even quite ready for it or it just ends up in their lap and they go up for a dunk like i, I was thinking and back see that's I, the that's the that's the kind of the drawback with rondo is that he's such a smart player that his like, intellectually he's on such a different level from anybody else and he doesn't really have a lot of patience for people who don't also see the game on the level that he does and that's the difference between somebody like you know, there, there are other guys who are on that level of intelligence in the league, and that's like guys like LeBron and Chris Paul, and I guess Steve Nash was like that when he was in the league. But those guys are a lot better at relating to the players who maybe don't see the game on the level that Rondo does. Rondo yeah. pretty much has no patience for anyone who isn't as smart as <laughs> he him. He doesn't suffer fools, is <laughs> no, the correct way to no, put no, it. No. Um, I do find this uh, a little different. So Rondo isn't necessarily going to be a rah-rah guy yelling every single possession, talking really loud, but he's obviously not afraid to speak his mind. The Bulls are also transitioning from a soft-spoken point guard for everything that Derrick Rose was. He was never an outspoken leader on that team. Now you have a point guard doing that, and obviously Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler are going to have big voices on this team too. But Rondo, I wonder the point guard leadership just role and transition if that helps them or if that's going to be too many voices too many cooks in the kitchen type thing but that will be different too because we're talking about basketball playing style wise will be different getting accustomed to rondo after playing with derrick rose and also be different just the voice and having a more vocal in your face guy uh who as we said doesn't suffer fools where derrick was probably more forgiving as a basketball player to others around him than rondo was but we haven't even also touched on We've only touched on like half the basketball aspect. Offense. Defense. Derrick Rose at the end of last year, John Paxton basically called out his defense, saying it needed to be better in a season-ending press conference. He's gone now. You're getting a guy who at times puts forth very minimal effort defensively like Derrick did at times in the past year. And that's the thing. With the, th- the difference is Rondo used to be a really great defensive point guard back in his peak with the Celtics Brew. before the... Uh, yeah, a gambler. Obviously a gambler. He was, but, but he was still maybe. very effective. Yeah. And, you know, but this was before the ACL injury. He's not the same physically anymore, and he he kind of picks his spots to really put in that effort on defense. I think that's the kindest way of putting it. He's There are times he was very good. At times he was very good in Dallas on the defensive end, but just it wasn't consistent the way it was when he was in Boston. Yeah, and it's important because if your point guard's not engaged in being a strong defender, then you're putting... The rest of the defense in a more difficult situation as far as making up for them in the constant pick and rolls of the NBA, you know. And last year the Bulls didn't have with Joe Kim Noah got hurt and Pau Gasol obviously had the big, big defensive role and just big minutes role. Um, and Derek would get beat, and then Pau's not going to be out there recovering for him. You know what I mean? So right. it's kind of a spiral effect. But Rondo, if the if he can be better than Derek Rose was defensively, that's also a better starting point for the Bulls defense, which we agree that is anchored better than it has been in the past with Robin Lopez at center, uh, at least from my perspective. Well, he's Robin Lopez right now is better than what the Bulls got out of Joakim Noah last year. So, Well, yeah, because... That's the thing. Obviously, a couple of years ago, Joakim Noah was a defensive player of the year, but what he was last year versus getting Robin Lopez now, I think the Bulls did upgrade there. Yeah, certainly. So uh, it is. I mean, I didn't think about it until we just talked about it here for 20 minutes, but the season does kind of tilt a little bit in how Rondo plays you know I mean you add you get rid of Rose and you think about that and then you get Dwayne Wade in the mix obviously he's the headliner the Noah's another guy who was here forever yeah, and is gone but it, it kind of does start with Rondo what he can bring them because if they get along with Rondo well on the court from a basketball and personality standpoint the Bulls are off to a strong starting point for just 
being an Eastern Conference playoff team, you know what I mean? Because I think you know what you're going to get out of Jimmy Butler. Um, I think Robin Lopez will provide good defense. Dwayne Wade is still really effective when he's healthy. Yeah, so, I mean, if they can get competent, consistent point guard play, the Bulls have a yeah. good chance to be a lot more respectable than last year. And I don't even think we've come greatly with our expectations yet for the Bulls because they haven't even cited them yet. No. When we asked, and we'll ask again at Media Day on Monday, obviously, they... Probably won't give us too much more by way of a number of wins, but it does kind of start uh, with Rajon Rondo, and that will be a fascinating, intriguing storyline to watch all year long, I believe. But we'll be back tomorrow with the uh, wings. wings kind of Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, Doug, Doug McDermott Mc- breakdown, Paul Zipser in depth breakdown, <laughs> Paul Zipser breakdown. Who else? We we missing anyone? Denzel. Else? There you go, Denzel Valentine too. We'll uh, we'll bring the heat on those guys too. Um, as we look forward, close it out, like we said, uh, Big Man on Wednesday, podcast Thursday, just previewing training camp, training camp which the Bulls get underway Monday. next Monday with Media Day, first practice Tuesday. I think they got some five sets of two days. forgot Tony Snell on the on, Wings uh, on, preview, by the way. We did. <laughs> we wouldn't be the first person associated with watching the Bulls a lot to forget about him. Um, but we will keep you updated, as always. Um, find us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls, on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Email us advertising inquiries, basketball related questions at Locked On Bulls at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Westerland. Follow Sean at Hiken at Locked On Bulls as well on Twitter. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure you leave us a five star review on iTunes. If you're not going to give us five stars, don't leave a review. <laughs> we love nothing more. Five stars than only. That, but but uh, then you can also get us on Stitcher. We're on Audio Boom. We're on Google Play. We're on TuneIn. Pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. Yeah. And we will be back with you tomorrow.